Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome to the Gallant Few Rangers podcast. My name is Macy Stewart and I'll be your host for another Premier League show. Tonight with me discussing all things Premier League, we've got Johnny Mix. How are you, Johnny? I am grand, mate. It's great to be back. Just the two of us. So we can ruin the rest of them with impunity. <laughs> and that is exactly what we will do. Um, and, and Colin knows he's getting it tight tonight. Um, I haven't yeah, he deserves it. every bit of it. <laughs> Um, Jamie, before we come on to talk about the, the Premier League action this weekend, I just want to touch on the uh, breaking news from yesterday um, that was, you know, Premier League have signed a new deal with Sky worth nearly £7 billion over uh, four years. Um, it's going to more than double the, the amount of games that, that are shown live as well. We're looking at sort of football on every night, which we won't complain about, but I want to get your thoughts on it, and, and and I know this is a Premier League pod, but I don't want to take it away from that. But obviously, being Scottish football fans, it, I say it, I say it every time this this TV deal happens in England or or a, or a TV deal elsewhere, and I say I'm surprised, but I'm just so frustrated at the same time because um, the Scottish football this this is just an absolute, you know, another kick in the teeth. Yeah, mate, it's a disgusting figure, and it is every year. It just continues to... It's not even shock value anymore, is it? There's no shock to it. It's just... Uh, when you look at what we get compared to that, it, it raises a lot of questions as to... I know this is the you know, it's a Premier League show, but it does put a lot of stamps on how far we've fallen as a league um, and how far it's going to continue to fall. Uh, Sky really don't care about it. Um, neither do well. It's not via play, is it? They've sold the rights over again. Um, it's went back to Satanta, is that right? I believe. Is it Satanta? Uh, um, via play back to Premier Sports. Premier, sorry, my bad. Satanta's Ireland, isn't it? Um, yeah, so it's went back to them. But I think the original deal was, I don't know what it went up to. It was like 150 million, something yeah. like that, yeah, yeah. give or take. Uh, so yeah, it's it's a crazy figure, mate, and yeah, it's very very disheartening. But I mean, it is what it is. It's, it probably sounds like silver grapes, but it's not. It's um, it is what it is. We can't control it, but you have to have an opinion on it, you know, when you have an interest in both leagues. Um, it's a huge figure, and the best part is not everybody's happy with that figure. That near seven seven billion, there was people actually complaining. There was a, there was talk. Uh, one of the club chiefs was come very underwhelmed by the deal. I don't know who that was, though. Um, I was reading an article on it, but that actually doesn't specify who was underwhelmed by it. It says a, a major club executive, sorry, club chief. But, yeah, so and I think they've got an extra 100 games. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's good as a fan. Always good to see more football, but... 
it's just all it really does is inject more dominance into the league, and it's fueled by nothing more than money. Yeah. Sky Sky TV made the Premier League. I think ninety percent of English fans, if I'm being honest, will tell you that, especially the older fans who were there when it started. Where the English League was then to where it is now is done by Sky, TNT, and obviously international rights. That's where it's came from. That's where all this money comes from and all these stars is TV deals. The bigger the TV deals, the bigger the sponsors, the more money that comes in, the more you can attract. And it's only going to keep growing. So, yeah, it's it's an obscene figure, but I'm not shocked, mate. And that's probably the sad part. I think you've, you've summed it up really well. And, and, I, and I know this is a Premier League show and I just wanted to get your, your thoughts on it as well because obviously we do take an interest in, in both leagues and you, you hit it uh, perfectly. It disappointed, I think, just when I read it and I see it, it wasn't, oh, you know, shocked. I was just, I just, again, I just keep going back to the TV deal we've got and it just means we'll fall further behind. Um, but let's start then, Johnny, with going back to the action then. Burnley beating uh, Sheffield United 5-0, uh, scored after 15 seconds, I think it was, uh, the first one. And you've said it for weeks, months, I feel like nearly years. <laughs> Hecking Bottom will not, you know, is not the man and he's um, officially been sacked today. They've been quick to get Wilder in, which I am actually quite surprised about, to be honest. But before we come into sort of, you know, the, the performance, what do you make of, of, of that um, news breaking today? Um, consider me underwhelmed. <laughs> I think that's the only way I could put it. The I've never rated Heckenbottom, and I've had experience with my own club. I've seen what he does, and I've seen him everywhere else he's went. Now, what I will say is, he done well to bring them up. Yeah, I mean that was not the task. There were some good teams in the championship last year. He done well there, so credit where it's due. But. It was always going to be a step way too far. We don't have the squad for it. I don't think he's not a very good manager at adapting when things are against. Uh, you've seen it at the weekend. You know, there was an alarming problem. It was identified within 10 minutes. Not even that, well, 15 seconds, as you just said. But that never changed. For that goal in 15 seconds, that game continued on that path. But there was very, very little done to change it. Um, he... Uh, I think he's just very much out of his depth in the Premier League. And I think Wilder's going to have just as much of a problem. Uh, I, I've never been a fan of going back to him, mate, uh, as, a, as a fan. I don't like when my club does that, whether it's players or manager or staff. I just, I've never agreed with it. Um, it really, really works. I mean, let's not forget Wilder, well, they terminated the contract with mutual consent, which means they was told to leave and they wanted to let him save a wee bit of face. Uh, that's how it was left the last time. And now he's went to in between what I think he had a stint at Middlesbrough, but at Watford, both unsuccessful, and then back to Sheffield United. I just looking for the outside with no interest in it whatsoever. Um, as an impartial, it's it just seems very, very knee jerk, hugely knee jerk. It's obviously been in the pipeline, they've had that organized for a while, yeah. Uh, and the 5 no has just been the tipping point. But to be honest, I think it probably would have happened at the weekend there, regardless of the result. So, same thing. I think Wilder's going to be struggling. He doesn't have the personnel, doesn't have the squad. I can't see them getting a lot of money in January. He done well with them the first time they come up. I'll give them that. Um, they were a hard team to beat when they came up a few years back for the for the drop again. Uh, but I don't think they have the, the personnel there to, to replicate that. So yeah, not surprised me. No, I, I agree. I think I think um, Wilder will, will struggle, as you said there. The last two managerial jobs, he's not been up to much. I'm, I'm a bit surprised that if you're going to get rid of um, Hickenbottom, fair enough. You know, I agree with you. I've never been a fan. Uh, watched his his Hibs teams, um, and then I was actually surprised he did end up getting the job sort of permanently. I have to give him credit for getting him up, but they've not been in any great shape since coming up. They're not hard to beat. Um, and I think his signings as well has, has been has been poor. Um, so I expect him to go down even with with Wilder. But but Johnny, just on the, the game itself, I've got to bring up Oli McBurney. Um, absolute stupidity to get sent off with the two yellows, especially when you've done the first one, to go and do that, you know, you know, straight after was just 
uh, yeah, I don't know what, what he was thinking. But on then obviously on the other side of that, Burnley get their biggest win in the Premier League, and it's a, a massive win for them because they've had a lot of criticism as well. Um, Vincent Company. Yeah, I mean. I put all of them at Burnley in the same bracket as I do Hickam Bottom. If there's any Sheffield United fans listening to this, I'm going to get crucified. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, sorry, Colin. I just I've never rated McBurney, mate. Um, I think he's one of these big gangly players who I, I, I've just I've always been amazed when he gets another club in the Premier League. I mean, if you need a backup and you've you you're struggling and you want to go route one for the last 20, 15 minutes, then yes, fair enough. But starting and having that as your talisman focal point, God no. Um, regarding the the two yellows, I hundred percent agree with you, mate. It was just beyond madness. His team's struggling. Uh, they're playing the team right beside them. You know, the most likely for them to pick up something, points wise. Does it once. You've had your warning. You know why you've had that warning. So, for the love of God, don't do it again. But he goes and does it that quickly after. It was absolute. It's just madness, mate. Uh, I think when I was talk, writing down and taking notes for the game, uh, I actually it amazes me how McBurney gets work in the Premier League. Um, very much back to the Musso and roller skates, <laughs> and a struggling team on a yellow. Who does that? So yeah, it was. I don't know, mate. Moment of madness. Listen, a lot of players have to, when they jump, they want to use their arms as leverage. Yeah, we've had this argument a million times. But at the end of the day, you can maybe do it to an extent, but you can't do it like that anymore. You know, your arms directly out. And when he was doing it, when you watched it in the replays, he elbowed towards the head. Now, whether that was intended or not, only he knows. But it didn't look good. So I'm not really going to get any sympathy, sorry, sympathy for him. If anything for Heckenbottom, I mean, it was harsh on him because he has to sit there and watch that and think, what the hell can I do when that's what my players are performing, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, that was a stinker. But, my, yeah, like you said, mate, massive three points for Burnley. Um, done really, really well. Sheffield were rotten, absolutely rotten. They looked like the down tool, tools after 15 seconds. Um, they got punished to keep giving the ball away. I think virtually every goal came for Sheffield United losing possession. So, a big one. It's got Heckenbottom sacked. And I don't know if that puts him in the league, actually, Burnley. Do you know? I don't, uh, I, I'm not sure, to be fair. It's bad, really. Be... Oh, they've jumped. They have. Sorry, they've got them. They've jumped uh, Everton. So, they're sitting third for bottom, one point off Luton. So, yeah, they needed that. At the end of the day, they needed that. That's two wins under their belt. Company will be delighted. Yeah, that's a big game for them tonight as well. Yeah, huge, huge game for them uh, tonight, Johnny. Um, so let's let's move up the the table then um, to another real struggling manager in um, Ten Hag, as, as his Man United team was was beaten again um, against Newcastle. I think it's fair to say, Johnny, that um, Newcastle were the favourites for this one, especially at home. Um, I'm not sure if you watched the game, uh, Man United midweek against uh, Galatasaray, but we've said it before. Not, not. I think they're the same as me. Not, not a fan of uh, the, the goalkeeper. Uh, no, not. Um, I just think they're so easy to score against. And look, if we're being honest, going back to that game on, on Saturday, Newcastle should have won that game three or four nil. I think that would be the only thing that that they come away saying is. You know, we need to be more clinical because all it takes is one chance. United have, have got a draw. I think I think they, they had a chance, didn't they? It was a offside. It was offside. Maguire. I don't know why he's in the way there as well. Just sums up him. But um, before you know, I come to praise sort of Newcastle. Let's just concentrate on on, on Man United. Surely, um, Ten Hag's tenure is is is, is going to be over soon. I think there's too much noise coming out around that and I think we've said it sort of since the start. I know Jamie's one that always says it as well. Rightly so. But um how long do you think do you think he's got left? Um the way things are, you know, the media overtakes and how they are put stokes the fires. I mean, they're masters, at it, and that's what they're doing with Ten Hag. I'm not saying it's justified either way. It is or it isn't. The results aren't there. They're not a... I mean, they're not, listen, they're only in seventh. It's not like, you know, they're in the bottom half. 
but I think Man United are probably, in fact, they are. They come under the magnifying glass more than any other club, even though they've not had success for God knows how long. It's just the way it is. So when they do have these these runs of bad form, blips, um, which is more frequent than not, they, it gets absolutely crucified. The the manager himself, he's, I've always felt he has a bit of an arrogance about him, maybe a wee bit too much. Um, whether he's like that with the players, I don't know. But I think that's also a Dutch thing. Um, they can come across, you know, it can come across that way. Sometimes be a wee bit misinterpreted. Obviously, there was rumours floating about today that um, same back to the same thing. He's lost the dressing room. He's fell out with players, so on and so forth. But I mean, he was brought in, and he said it sell early doors. In the early interviews, he came in. He was there to try and remove these egos. Um, you know, so that there was no, it wasn't all individuals swaggering around the addressing room, it was a team. That was one of the main things he wanted to do. And here we are, we're back talking about the same thing again. Do we, oh, sorry, do they punt another manager? And where do they go? That would be the main question I would ask. What do they do? Because it doesn't seem to matter who they're bringing in, it seems to be the same problem every time at the end of the line. He's lost the dressing room. Is falling out with players. We've heard that it's God. It's, I think it's been virtually every manager since since Fergie. Yeah. Um, when do we stop and say there's a problem further up? You know, and I'm not going to go like Gary Neville here. I'm going to big rant about the Glazers, but there's yeah. definitely there's something there in that club. Uh, what that is, I've no idea. But the 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 whole thing about manager after manager after manager, they are buying talented players on paper, who just are underperforming. I mean, to case in point is your Sancho, who's in obscurity. He's probably never going to kick a ball for them again. Uh, maybe if Ten Hag goes, that'll change. Uh, but even then, he was still had done nothing, really. Before all of that, Anthony, he's another one. That was a crazy amount of money. He's done nothing. I've seen a, a belter at a start today that we're nearly at Christmas, and Trent Alexander... Sorry, Alexander Arnold has outscored Anthony, Hoyland, and Rashford all together before we get to Christmas. That's absolutely bonkers. I think that speaks volumes. Um, so yeah, mate. Let's to go back to. I don't know what they do. I don't know what they do. I think you're right. The pressure's building. It's mounting, and they're a wee bit more patient, I think, than most of the, the, the clubs in the sort of top five, with the exception of maybe Arsenal. Um, they're a wee bit more patient when it's not going well, but it can't go on forever, eh? No. But you are spot on. I said this too. I've actually defended Den Haag um, last season. I think this season there's things that I just can't defend him. I think his recruitment is going to be his downfall but you're, you're absolutely spot on in terms of Man United as a football club but just an absolute absolute mess um, you know what I said the other day what player that you could say that they've had come through or even sign that's really improved and you've seen a, a massive different difference I think they've signed they've signed they've spent a lot of money but most of their signings don't work or you know they have the old flurry here and there there's no one that really they've signed that can say He's, he's, you know, become a lot better by going to, to Man United. I think if I was a, you know, if he was one of the top players and you had a choice, you, you just wouldn't go there. You, you know, they'd be way down the list. And I think that just speaks volumes of, of where Man United is at the minute as a, as a football club. Yeah. I mean, there's some big players as well that they could have had that's been touted to them before and they knocked it back or they tried to cut by a million or two. Haaland is a perfect example. They could have had him a few years back. Um, and Harry Kane, if they had defronted the money, they could have gone, but they didn't want to pay that. But it's like they know what the issues are, they know the, where, where, where the problems are, but they don't really want to spend to rectify it. So they always feel like they get hard done by by clubs wanting more fee. But at the end of the day, when you publicise yourself as the biggest club in the world, both financially and in, in stature, Teams are going to take the piss a bit with fees, but I think that goes hand in hand. You are going to, especially if you're staying domestically within league to league, you, you, you're going to be charged over the top. Um, but they've never done that. They've always went elsewhere. And like you say, 
I'm trying to think of the last one. I mean, to be fair, Bruno, for all, he's not the most uh, likable lad. He's uh, he's been their best player for quite a stretch now. Uh, that was a good signing. But other than that, somebody that's really stood out, I couldn't really tell you one, to be honest. I don't think there is one. So, yeah, I mean, at the weekend there, they got absolutely battered. Like you say, Newcastle were excellent as much as New Man United were terrible. And that game should have been outside at half time. Uh, I, I was talking to, in, a, in a group chat and I was like, this is perfectly set up for Newcastle to run this and Man United to nip a goal here and get something. I really thought that was the way it was going to end up going. Uh, and yeah, the offside goal was quite comical that the slab head that stopped, stopped the goal. <laughs> I mean, he's been better recently, to be fair to him. I'll give him that. He's actually, he's been one of the better defenders. Um, but yeah, mate, they, they, I don't think it's panic stations for them, but they, they have been poor. And even when they are winning, they are very, very below par. Yeah. You know, they're scraping it. Yeah, just just uh, just quickly on on Maguire, um, you you make it every really, he has been better, and I, I don't think he gets that treatment he's had at any other football club. I think I think you, that is just what you Man United. You've said it earlier; they get that intensity that the media sort of more than than anyone um, in, in Britain. Um, yeah, I, I don't like it to be honest with you. I mean, I'm not a huge Man United fan by any means, but. I don't like that when players get crucified like that. And like you say, Maguire, he he gets no ends yet. I mean, we talk about in this day and age how important mental, mental health, health is, sorry, mental health, be kind and all this kind of stuff. And this is the media's tale, isn't this? And on the other hand, they absolutely hammer these boys. I mean, they're still human, they're human beings. Just because they're on obscene amounts of money, it's not a green card to, you know, do that and leave them nameless every week. And it's not just about football, it's personal, it's whatever they can try and get a rise out of. And the media are just as bad. And as soon as they do it, all the fans jump on. I mean, you're even seeing it in England games when he's representing his country. I mean, to me, I think that's disgusting. Um, but anyway, that's a bit slappy. To change the subject, I thought, how good were uh, Libramento and Gordon in that oh. game? I thought they were phenomenal. By the way, um, I hope Liberamento um, is holding out from representing England and Gordon to be fair. I hopefully yeah, both yeah. Uh, pick Scotland, but um, they were both brilliant. Anthony Gordon, I hold my hand up. I was a big, big um, critic of him sort of last season. I just didn't really get get the hype. Didn't see him at Everton, but he's turning up this season, especially when um, Newcastle need you know they needed someone to, to to come you know to turn it on, and, and he has big time. Yeah, I mean, he, I agree, mate. And I love what I love about Newcastle is how fired up the whole place gets with everything. Even if it's winning a, you know, a, a hard challenge or winning a throw-in or something, the players are actually celebrating it and firing everybody else up. They are really, really they're, they're buying into the whole mold of what they're trying to achieve, and it shows massively. And so, like Anthony Gordon just seems to be lapping that up. I mean, it was hard. I was the same. I, I thought it was a head scratcher. I didn't think it was a terrible signing, but the fee was hugely questionable for me. Yeah. Um, but I mean, he's proven everybody wrong. I mean, we can see what they've seen is, is starting to flourish. Um, and I was saying this to Jamie today uh, that we all weren't sure how they would cope with so much strain for Europe and all these extra games, and not to mention a horrific injury list. So when you consider what they're juggling, they're doing bloody well. They, they are. They are. And uh, I think, as uh, you said, at home, I think that, that will, as long as they're at home and they're performing, that, that will continue. Um, mm-hmm. Johnny, there's, there's, there's a debate here, I suppose, with Game of the Weekend. Um, and don't tell me yours just yet. But um, one of them um, would be Spurs 3. Uh, sorry, City 3, Spurs 3. Um, watch that and I enjoy it really enjoyed it i think everyone just expected city to turn up and go and stick four or five past spurs to be honest because obviously they've, they've lost the last three they've got i think it was 10 in the end uh players out um at the weekend there i think two fullbacks playing center half um didn't change the way they played uh, i think we all knew they wouldn't but they've come away with a, a big point and, and to be fair they caused a city missed a lot of chances. They they'll be very disappointed they didn't win the game. But um, Spurs just prove again they can score against anyone. And I think I said it. I said it to my father-in-law watching the game. I said 
you're going to go and play with Man City, what's the point of just sitting in? Because they've got areas you could go and hurt them and, and Spurs proved it and it was a, you know, a big point for him in the end. Yeah, yeah. Let me rewind for you one quick second, Mason, because I forgot okay. to tell you this. Just to enforce points on the last one we were talking about. Uh, yeah. Man United, this is the most goals Man United have ever conceded at this point in the season since 1962. <laughs> That's a belter. 1962. They have not won against a top eight team away from home in two years in the league. Uh, and Newcastle, two years ago on Saturday there, they were rock bottom without a win in 14 games. And here we are. Sorry, I might have dropped the memo over chatting. Some of them were belt, uh, absolute crackers. Uh, yeah, sorry. Tottenham Man City, great game, mate. Really good game. Uh, I don't know if it's just me, but I, I felt like Man City are looking a wee bit more fragile, yeah. uh, especially defensively. Uh, and at the weekend, in that game, I mean, don't get me wrong, Spurs, I agree, they never know when they beat. They just keep going. Uh, and they showed that. But one thing I did notice, I mean, again, they were they kept putting themselves into trouble with trying to play out. They've done it over and over and over. Now, the usual Man City team, say the back end of last year, if a team was doing that, that would have been 7-8-0. They would have punished them every single time. They never done that. I think they caught them eventually, I think, for the third goal. Yeah. That was via, yeah, that was via Spurs mistake. But they had so many that they got away with, so many. Um, so... Although Man City, I mean, they're still quality side and they're still going to be there. I'm not, I'm not doubting that. But they definitely look more fragile and a wee bit more. Um, I don't know if I want to say gung ho, but um, yeah, I suppose that is what they are. Uh, they're playing Tottenham, who you know are going to come at you. We know the philosophy that Ange wants them to play under, so they don't care where they're going. They're going to have a crack. So they would have known that. But it was like, well, we're going to match them. You know, we can do that too. Uh, and what we've seen was two teams all out attack, free scoring, but can't defend for shit, basically. Yeah, it was. It was a, as I said, it was a tower of good good attacks and and bad defences, both of them. But but Johnny, just want to come into a Harland um, reaction at the end. Um, what was your thoughts on on that? I think listen, he has a point, absolutely. Um, you know, I hate when referees stop the game. I absolutely hate it, especially where they've got VAR now. And the, the one that gets me when they don't stop the, the offside, when he's blatantly offside, then they play it until it goes dead. Um, but but that was a shocker. Um, you know, not not there, but I really didn't like Harlan's reaction, to, to be honest, at the time. And especially on uh, social media, I just think there's, there's no need for it. Uh, oh, listen. I understand what you're saying. But I understand why he's like that. I do get it. He's a winner. He wants to win every game. We see that. And that was a horrific call. Um, I've watched it. I've lost count of many times. I watched it. I watched it again today a bunch. I've seen it at the weekend. God knows how many times. And I still cannot work out what the mind, you know, what the thought process was to do that. Because you see it. It happens. We have the foul. It's a clear foul. He sees the ball break away. He follows the ball. He tracks it. He waves the play on. The ball goes through one-on-one. He's clear through. And that's when he decides to say, no, I'm going to bring it back. The defender was nowhere near it. So I just I don't understand. He had a good view. At first, I thought maybe it was obscured. They couldn't see where the ball was or what the flight was. There's no way he didn't see that. So I can only put it down to the referee's point of view. It's just a moment of madness, like a panic about a flap. He's blew the whistle and realised... Well, shit, I can't do anything about it now. I can't go back the way. So, and also the game finished so close to the back of that incident. So it's not like there was a few minutes where players calmed down, you're still pissed off, but a wee bit of time's passed. There was none of that. The game just kind of frittered out straight after that. So he's rushed over. He's probably just as bemused as everybody else's because um, he had the bird's eye view as well. So I can understand it. Going on to social media is stupid because they're just going to come after you anyway. When you do that, you can't do that nowadays. Um, and that's what's happened. They've charged Man City and, well, the Mar- he got, Man City got charged, not Ireland. But it's basically for that. But, I mean, I can understand why, definitely. 
Yeah, yeah, I, I totally, totally get that. As you said, it was. I think it's more for me the social media one. I think I get it at the time. I get the reaction at the time. I can see full time. He's absolutely fizzing, um, and I get that. I just think to then to go away and, and, and to call. I just, but yeah, he's a winner, and, and, and I will you know, give it that. But that was a, as you said, a really poor decision um, that in the end cost City two points. But I think you know, I think I think Pep was was uh, close to blaming that. He's, you know, you said it earlier. He's got to be looking at his his back four and, he, and his goalkeeper. And um, again, another ninety minutes at home where they've looked looked really dodging. It's, it's wide open. Ederson was cool. Ederson was at the first one. Ederson yeah, should have yeah, so he, he yeah, yeah. He doesn't look as convincing this season either, to be honest. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. But, uh, Johnny, your Arsenal uh, stay top then. They were 2-1 winners against Wolves. Um, watch, watch that Saturday live. Um, I thought first half they were excellent. Um, but I thought second half they dropped off. And, and this is a funny thing about Arsenal. They, they, I said it last week, they're top of the league. They seem to just winning games at the minute. Um, I still I still think there's a... Like all the teams this season, really, there's there's something there that I think can be, can be got out of Wolves. If they had a little bit more of a go earlier on, they might have got it. But at the end of the day, it's another win for Arsenal and uh, yeah, top of the league. Yeah, I mean, it's a game Arsenal really should have put to bed early. They had a hell of a lot of chances. And like you say, especially first half, they were free-flowing and Wolves were basically chasing shadows. Uh, they weren't in that game. Um, I think, like you say, Arsenal stepped off. I think Arsenal invited them into that game. Um a game they were controlling, and obviously they conceded, but they really they shouldn't have been conceding that game. They were in complete control. Um, what I did take for it was like, I mean, we spoke about it last week. It was we were talking about how you know they are um, to be a, to be champions or to be up there. You have to be able to eke out those results, even when you're playing terrible. Um, I mean, they weren't playing terrible at the weekend, but there's been a few games this season where they've been pretty poor and they've managed to get the win. Uh, so, I mean, if they can keep doing that, then who knows? What I, I took for Wolves was, I mean, they've done okay to get their goal back and give themselves a chance. Um, I really like the boy Kunha. I think he's coming into that game. Um, I think he could be, you know, one to keep an eye on. I don't know how many he's actually bagged now, but he must be on a few. I think he, between him and Huang, I think the Wolves have always got a chance of doing some damage. Wolves, Wolves are, I know, again, we spoke about it last week, uh, you know, they're a lot of decision going against them, but I think, fair, you know, in fairness to Gary O'Neill, going forward, they look completely different um, and they do look dangerous. They do look dangerous and, yeah, Arsenal should have had that game wrapped up at half-time, but they didn't. And yeah, mm-hmm. long when you fancy Wolves get a chance, do you know what I mean? And, and they've, they've they've got players that can that can that can hurt you. Yeah, no, I, I agree, mate. I think they, like I said, put my hands up. They've surprised me, Wolves, uh, a hell of a lot this season. I didn't expect them to be as effective as they have, and they're also missing um, the lad Neto as well. Uh, I mean, he looked phenomenal. So they've done really well to keep that going, and they're up one 0 just now. They've just scored so. Again, that could be another three points in the bag for Yeah, yeah, fair play because yeah, Gary O'Neill has, has proved me wrong as well. Um, mm. Just just quickly, Jamie, before we go on to, to the next game, I'm going to sort of put it on you just before Christmas, but I, I don't know if I asked you this last week, to be fair, and I'm sorry if I did, but Arsenal, what's your thoughts? Can they win this league? 
<laughs> I, said, I said no start of the season. I, I, I think, I believe I put them in second. Um, and you know what? I'm going to stick with it. I just, I still think they're an injury or two away for struggling. Um, they are eking out results, but for example, at the weekend there, I mean, that's the way they played and for all the chances they had, they should have blown that team out of the water. They're not going to get away with that forever. Teams, you know, those games where they're finding it hard and they're scraping those wins, I don't think they're always going to be there. There's going to be games where they do toil. And I still think Man City have got about two or three years to go up. Uh, So, yeah, I think, think again, it's going to be close and I do think they'll challenge, but I I just think they're going to fall short. I agree. I agree. I, 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 that's how I see it uh, as well. And I think I had them third. The team I had in second was, was Liverpool, uh, Johnny. And this is the other contender for, for game of the, the week. Uh, didn't see it live. Um, wish I did, though. And I think the one thing watching this game back, um, especially Liverpool's goals, was four absolute belters, um, to be fair. Um, but uh, what, what was your thoughts? I think it's the best, the, the best side of Liverpool, but also another side to them where again we're talking about sort of man city there um that they've shown it but you can you can you can go and get goals against liverpool uh, and i think liverpool fans will be delighted with the reaction to to keep coming back and, and going to get the goal winning but they've got to be looking at their back four and, and again you know got goalkeepers in on on a weekend and be a little bit a little bit concerned going into this this busy period uh yeah i mean i was thinking about it earlier if you put liverpool as like a movie analogy it would have to be rocky wouldn't it you know what i mean they, they take as much of a pummeling as they give they're just a wee bit better a wee bit more hard um yeah it was a mental game i watched that one i had two games on sunday actually and I, that was one of the ones i had on and then that had more attention took more of my attention in the chelsea game sorry great game uh some fantastic goals I felt gutted for Trent with that free kick because at the end of the day it went to the OG for popping off Eleno's back. Um, it was such a sweet hit. It was like, you know, that's world-class level, that kind of hit. It was pinpoint. But, I mean, they've done enough. At the end of the day, they've done enough. Again, they're so fragile defensively that it's always going to be a worry. Called that before the season even started. It was always a concern because they never really signed anything back there. They're going with what they had last year. And that problem is still there. They're always going to score goals. Um, I don't think there's a team right now in world football that counters as quickly as Liverpool do with the same effect. Not that I've seen anyway. They are lightning. And you've seen it at the weekend there. But the goals are conceding are so, so sloppy. Like two of them were, maybe even three of them, was Liverpool giving the ball away. Especially the one with Matip. Um, loose pass and he gifted the goal. I don't, I don't remember what goal it was. Um, did, they, did they take it all the way? Um, I think second is now a bad prediction, to be honest. Um, I thought they would still be a wee bit, wee bit short of that, but so far, so good. I think uh, they've been like this for a wee while now, Liverpool. You know, the, the games are fantastic to watch because they concede as many as they score, so you know you're always going to have a good game. They rarely got a clean sheet. I think that'll continue for the season. I mean, it's a bit like when they win the league, they need to avoid injuries to key players. You know, if they when they won that league that year, they got the stars aligned in terms of injuries. I think you need that. I'm not knocking it. I think you need that because they don't have a, a huge squad depth. They do in midfield, but elsewhere they don't. So if they lose like a key defender or somebody like, I don't know, like Salah um, or even McAllister now who seems to be integral, I think that could be a massive problem for them. But, I mean, it was a fun game, mate. Really fun game. What about yourself? You like it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, watching it back, and again, you know, I've got to give credit to to Fulham as well for for that. Um, you know, get to go, go and keep coming back as well. But um, I, I still think, I know what you're saying about Liverpool, I still think they've got a right chance. I still expect City to win it. I still, I've said it, I keep saying it to Jamie and he, he, his eyes light up every time I say it, but I still, <laughs> I still think they've got a couple more gears in them, to be honest. Yeah. 
I wouldn't be shocked by it, to be fair. I wouldn't be shocked by it at all. Um, I think, like I say, if they get the right run and that, uh, sorry, right run and that wee bit of luck, then yeah, absolutely, why not? Um, I did not. I don't know if you how much attention you paid to the the, the highlights, but Tete had a goal flagged for offside. He got the goal in the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Flagged originally. And it was, it was awful. But then it went, the camera turned to the linesman and he looked about 95. It's like, why is he running the line? You know I, mean? I was like, the guy was bullet head bald with grey tough sticking at the side. It looked like half garnet. And I was like, why is this guy? It was unbelievable. But, yeah, that was well, a, that's it, a shocker, that one. I think he just yeah. guessed. Just guessed. Yeah. What did you make? Uh, or what do you make in, in Nunes? I have this with Jamie as a frequent debate with Darwin. What would you make of? So I, I have this debate with my cousin who, who um, he can't, he done, he's not having Nunes at all. He doesn't rate him, doesn't, doesn't, doesn't see what he brings to the table. Um, I think he's got something. Um, he's frustrating as, as as hell though, and I think if you're uh, yeah, easy to say as a neutral, don't <clears throat> don't work Liverpool sort of week in week out and every minute, and he does miss a lot of chances. But I think he's got I think he's got something about him that he's got to do more. Um, but he's still young, he's still quite raw. Um, I just yeah, I think I think I think he's I think he's got something. I, I don't know whether I, I'm just waiting for him to explode and go on a little run. Um, but he is frustrating. He is very, very frustrating. I think sometimes his decision making lets him down, but I, th- I think he'll improve. Um, and he's one of them that plays plays on the edge. And I always go back to um, I'm not comparing him here to, to Suarez at all. Um, but if you remember Suarez's first season um, or 18 months, he missed quite a lot of chances and things were just hitting a post, hitting a bar. Wasn't quite happening. And then that second year, he just boom. And everything he'd done just went bottom corner, top corner. I just think Nunes, maybe it'll be a bit longer, but um, I think he'll explode. Um, but obviously, it depends, obviously saying that, he's got to be given the time and the games to, to, to do that as well. But uh, I, I think he's got something to make, if I'm honest. Yeah, no, I agree. I think there's a player there. Um, I think his link-up's good. He, he's lightning fast, he's strong. I just think he panics in front of goal. Um, I think he needs a run, a few goals to settle him, you know, to stop snapshotting. Uh, I, I wind Jamie up something awful. I hope he listens back to this. I call, call, I call Darwin the pensioner killer because of the amount of balls that have flew over past the goals <laughs> and the amount of bodies he's taken. Um, but yeah, no, I, said, I agree. I agree. I think uh, he does everything. He done same at the weekend there. He done everything in that game and he done it well, bar score. Bar take chances. It's like when he went through one on one, well, the ball got played, and all he had to do was take his time and place it, and he absolutely smashed it and hit the bar. I mean, you may say he's unlucky he's hit the bar. No, he should be burying that. You know, he should just take his time, get his head over it, keep it low, and he scores. Do you know, Joe, it is, uh, Johnny, he's a player that, see if it, it, you know, he does it just off the bat, see if it's an instinct. He's, he's a good finisher. We've seen some of the goals he scored. I mean, look at the two goals he scored against Newcastle. He hasn't got time to sort of think about them, and it's just one. Um, yeah, no, I agree. I think that's a problem. I think if he's got time to process it, that's when it goes awry. Kenny Miller, he was always the, he was always the best at that. <laughs> Not comparing <laughs> Kenny to, to to Darwin, but he the, the signing on fee. Yeah, <laughs> but whenever I watch Kenny, Kenny, we used to watch Kenny, and I used to think he, he, if he has time, he's a nightmare. Um, yeah. but, but, but Nunes is still young, isn't he? he's still young. Yeah, yeah, he's just uh, you forget that because he's such a unity of a lad, but yeah, very young, very, very raw. Like you say, I think if they do continue to give him game time, he can only improve. Yeah, no, I hope he does. I, I hope he does as well. Um, but uh, Jamie, you, you mentioned it there. Um, Chelsea um, on at the same time um, again. Am I being a little bit harsh here? I don't think they were great again, if I'm honest. Um, a little bit, well, like I said, a little bit, a lot better from what we see uh, see last week. But you know, win the game, um, ten men, but still defensively, I just think they're there to be got out as well. Um, yeah, what did you make of of Chelsea at that ninety minutes on on Sunday? Um, I expected goals for that game. 
I had no idea what outcome to expect, but I did expect goals, and we did get we got that. Um, I think it's a good one for Chelsea. Yeah, it is a good one, and I wouldn't say they were 100 percent. Sorry, 100 percent convincing. They started okay, started quite well, um, and looked looked decent. But again, what we previously spoke about, like you've just said, they are fragile. Um, they conceded two goals, and they were pretty sloppy goals, to be honest. I don't think that's going to change. I think it's going to be a season like that. I think there's going to be games where they're going to be excellent. There's going to be games where they're mediocre, and other games where you expect them to get something and they'll go and lose, like they did with Brentford and have done previously a few times. Um, I think we're going to see a lot of that. You know, I don't think that. Basically, what I'm saying is, I don't think there's going to be a consistency there. I think that's going to take time. Uh, like well, I've said that a few times, but it's a very young team, and there's a lot of new players they're trying to gel. A lot of players that haven't been playing for Chelsea, who now are all getting thrown in. At the back, there's definitely a red flag. Um, I hate saying it because I love Silver, but I think he's just struggling a bit. I mean, as soon as you any kind of team that has a lightning fast attack or a ball over the top. They're going to struggle. Yeah, uh, you know he ain't catching that. Um, football brain is never going to leave. He's got a fantastic head for football, the boy, and he seems to love it there. So it's not something I like saying, but I do think sometimes it hinders us. Um, it hinders us at the back. He was playing alongside uh, Batishil at the weekend, um, and I love the lad Colwell. So I mean, it's a fairly young defence. It's just Thiago. So I suppose they're having to cover for him. But anyway, listen, he's not the, the, the main problem, you know, the main reason. No. It was just, yeah, it was just one of those games, mate. Um, I think, like I say, I think they're going to have them. And if you're going to have a game like that where you aren't at 100% and you can still go and beat Brighton, you can only really take positives to that. Um, yeah. to be fair, sorry, to be fair to Brighton, I'll say, I mean, I'll, you know, I'm a big fan of Brighton, the way they go about things. They had such a young team out in Saturday. Uh, I'm not even sure they've got a player over 30. What age is Adam Lallana? Because I think he might be the oldest player on that pitch. He's got um, to be 33, 34. Uh, yeah, he's, he's the, he was the oldest for, for Brighton, but the rest of them are like 18, 19. Uh, even the experienced centre-half in Van Heck, who's only started playing this season, I think he's only 23, something like that. Yeah, he's yeah, linked with us. He was in the summer, eight years under... Yeah, he's definitely under 20, 23, 22. Yeah. yeah, so they're doing that. They're putting all these young lads out, and a lot of these lads have played hardly any football um, at that level, and they're competing. They're competing well. So they, they, I thought they'd done really well. Um, but I was happy to come away with a win for Chelsea. And yeah. obviously Gallagher getting sent off is just Gallagher. You know, you're going to have games like that with a lad. He plays on the edge, and you have to accept that. He's been excellent in recent weeks, so... There's always going to be a risk of that with the way he plays. Yeah, yeah, that's a, a, a fair assessment. Um, another game to, to touch on was uh, Bournemouth two, Villa two, Johnny, and uh, so again surprised surprised by that 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 result. Um, obviously, Bournemouth had a really good win last week, um, and they they started the game well against Villa. Want to go up and and then went two one up, but but Villa managed to come back in. Um, yeah, it looks like Bournemouth have turned a, a little corner here because uh, I think we was <clears throat> I was definitely thinking, well, their manager's not going to have too long, uh, too long left here and uh, take four points. I think that they'd be quite happy with that after you know the last two games. Yeah, hundred percent, mate. I mean, they still got there's a lot of you know there's a lot of football we've played. I think they are on about 13, 12, 13 points, two off the drop. Um, but I mean, they're only one, Luton are only a win shy of Bournemouth, so you know they still have a fair bit of work to do. Uh, but I mean, they've done well at the weekend. I didn't expect them to get anything for that game, if I'm honest. Um, I think Villa are a wee bit like Chelsea in that sense of consistency. You know, they, they, they've been dropping points where you don't expect them to and picking up points in the same manner, putting teams away that you expect them to get nothing and then going and dropping points like they did at the weekend. Uh, but no, Bournemouth done well. I mean, the lad uh, Solanke seems to be coming into his game a wee bit. He's never really found his feet in the in the Premier League. He's always been Championship. He's always struggled there. But so far, 
at least in recent weeks, he seems to, he's been doing really well. Um, I think I was noted earlier, he's that's seven in all competitions for Solanke. Uh, now, you would say, some will say, oh, it's not huge, it's not massive, but Watkins is only on eight. Yeah. And we're talking about how good his form is. You know, so, I mean, there's only a goal between them. So, fair play. Uh, it was a good good point for them. Yeah, and that's a really good point. And I was going to just ask you about Ollie Watkins. And it was, you know, something I've seen today. Obviously, he scored again. But would he be an early early shot for the, uh, the England squad, do you think, Johnny? He should be, mate. Um, I mean, listen, nobody's ever going to unroute Harry Kane. You know, it's just not going to happen anytime soon. And understandably, understandably, I mean, the boys, um, ooh, he's been a, a phenom uh, in England, and he, now he's doing the same in Germany. I mean, the talented lad. But they should have something there. They should have a backup. And I think Watkins right now is probably, that's where I would go. Uh, I would definitely have him in that squad. I don't see why not. Yeah, me too. Uh, when I look at the strikers, I think Watkins at the moment on form definitely should be going. Um, Johnny, big win up, big win for for Everton away at, at Forest. Um, you know they've bounced back well Everton since that defeat last week. Um, it's a bit of a weird one. Sort of their away form this season has been um, better than their home form. I think we all thought, you know, we all said that if Everton are going to do anything, they've got to be be better at Goodison. But um, just on the flip side of that. Forrest are struggling as well. Um, what, what was your thoughts on, on that one at the weekend? Yeah, it was a good uh, sorry, it was a good three points, mate. Uh, I expected more for Forrest, to be honest, especially at home. Uh, I think predicting-wise, I think I had a draw. Uh, and there wasn't, even, it wasn't a great game. It wasn't a great game at all. Everton were definitely the better side and deserved the three points. I don't think Forrest never really offered much, especially going forward. They were very, very, they huffed and puffed a wee bit, but I think they, they rely so heavily on a couple of players, you know, like Gibbs White, um, to to do the damage for them. And if those players are, aren't quite at it, I think the, uh, the the team itself struggles a wee bit. But, I mean, that's, they lost to Brighton, didn't they? They, yeah. they lost at West Ham. I think the last game they won would have been Villa. Yeah, they beat Villa, yeah, that's right. But other than that, it's all been draws, losses. It's not looking good for them, mate. Yeah, I never actually, I'm just looking at the form now. I never realised it was so so poor. So it's probably another one that might come under the eye a wee bit, uh, Cooper. Because, I mean, you, when you free fall, you free fall fast. And Bournemouth are right on their tail. They've spent a lot of money as well, to be honest, Forrest. I mean, stupid amount. Stupid yeah. amount, mate. and they've not really bought much quality at all. A hell of a lot of those signings, but I've never even seen you know, I've not even seen them on the bench, let alone getting a game. So it does make you wonder. It's not that can't be all Cooper, it has to be you know, it has to be somebody above the a director that's signing all these players. But I, I, there's no manager in the right mind who I think remember was it started the season prior, it was like 15 players or something mental like that. No manager wants that amount of flooding, and it's just oversaturating it. Just that's just really going to cause more problems and solve them. I actually but, think it's still, you know, the, the, that the knock-on effect from that, Johnny. I, I still think that I think they're going to free fall. So whether they go down this season or not, well, they have started to free fall, but whether they'll go down, I think there probably is worse teams than them that, that will probably keep them up. But I just mm. think. When you bring in that many players, you're asking for for trouble, and they're probably getting decent wages as well. So you better hope they stay in the Premier League because uh, if they do go down, they could be in a right, you know, mess. There's so many, there's so many um, players that they brought in, but I mean, it's back to the same thing. It's like a uh, you is a huge player for Forest. It's really just that's the source of goals. They don't really have anything. I don't think anybody scored actually more, other than it's all. It doesn't mean they don't get many goals in midfield. They don't get virtually any for defence. It's just the three forwards, which is a Wonyi, a Langer, which everybody loves on this show, and uh, Chris Woods. 
that's really it. Uh, but at the weekend, they had nothing going forward, absolutely nothing. And I've just got, I've, I've actually got the squad, the total squad open now, and it's it's just massive. <laughs> the def- even the defence is over a, over a full team. Um, it's about a team and a half, and that's just at the back. So, yeah, I wouldn't like to see their wage bill, mate. And like you say, I mean, it's dangerous, but I think that's probably the saving grace. It's probably the only saving grace is some of the draws that is in there as well. You've got Burnley, obviously, who toy on a bit. I know they've got a win at the weekend, but that's one of the few. Sheffield United, I can't see them getting much better at all. And Everton getting docked those points. And then you've got Luton as well. When you've got those four teams below you, you're always going to have a chance. That might be the only way they're going to wriggle out of it. But even then, do they hold on to Cooper? It's been there a while, and there's been a few times where he's kind of flirted with losing his job. But, I mean, there's so much pressure in the Premier League. There's so much money involved that, you know, they don't get anywhere near as much time. Yeah, maybe I'm just being harsh on Cooper again. I think he's done well again to get him up, done well to keep him up. But then what's next for Forrest? You know, that's that's what I look at. Um, no, I just don't, I don't see it. I don't, I don't watch him. I don't like their style. But, you know, it'll be interesting, interesting to see what, what happens with them. But another game... Another team you just mentioned down there, Luton, was in action away to Brentford and they were, to be honest, generally quite comfortably beat 3-1. I think that's a scoreline that we all would have you know, predicted a, a Brentford win, um, who haven't been in, in great shape this season, but, um, you know, from, from recent seasons, but, we, you know, we, I think we were expecting them to get to, to get three points there. Yeah, yeah, definitely, mate. That's, that's kind of what I scribbled down with that game as well. Same thing. Um, it was hard to see another outcome is what I had written down and it's kind of the way it went like you say it was very very one-sided mate um, Brighton were sorry Brentford were, were just got the job done and they they, they um, wasted they were very wasteful as well even though they got the three goals they were very wasteful so I think 3-1 probably flattered flat, where am I getting this way Luton a wee bit uh, they were well worth it anyway, well worth the three points. I was only a bit fuming because I brought in Mboemo for fantasy football for one week and that face planted. He was a bit the only player on that team that never came away with points. <laughs> uh, but I mean, I mean, Brentford, they're a, they're a wee bit hit and a miss, aren't they? A wee bit hot and cold in terms of form. But I think Luton have done okay. They've showed it up. They've looked a lot more solid. You know, I will say that. They've looked harder to beat, but they are they're still going to struggle. I, mean, they I just they do not have the personnel to, to compete. They just don't have it. I, I don't know what they do in January. I can't see there being a lot of money when they've just spent so much on this new stadium. So I doubt they're going to have many fun. Much in the way of fun, sorry, even to... I mean, you can't really even free up personnel because I can't see the wages being very high at Luton. So I don't think it's going to save you much. Yeah, I think they're definitely a relegation for them. And Brentford will keep trucking on mid-table. And I think that was probably the easiest game of the weekend to predict, to be honest. <laughs> I think it definitely. When you look, you know, when we look through these pictures and pick scorelines, I think that was one that a lot of people would have would have got right. And, and the last game of the weekend, Johnny um, was was live. Watched that as well. West Ham um, dropping points. I think it's fair to say at home to Palace. Um, not sure if you watched the game live, Johnny, but West Ham were the better team. Um, and, and Kudos, by the way, was was brilliant. I think he's a very, very good player. I thought he's the best player on the pitch by, by a mile. But West Ham's problem is um, they plugged Bowen up there, just back from injury uh, as a number nine. I don't think Bowen is a number nine. They've got um, Danny Ings, who played last week away at Burnley, um, and he, he, he went off and they looked a lot better. And obviously Antonio was injured, and I just think what West Ham got to certain areas, they didn't they didn't really punish Palace, and Palace stayed in the game, and it was a mistake from the uh, defender Mariapos for, for West Ham and, and Edward scuffs one in, but you know, I think a good point for Palace, but yeah, disappointing from from West Ham when you, when you look at that fixture, I think, and the way that Palace had been playing prior to that as well. Yeah, they should have won it. I had an eye on that, mate. I had about three games screen on Sunday. <laughs> My head was all over the place, multitasking like a champ. Um, 
So what I did see at yeah, West Ham, we just kept flipping chances, mate, chance after chance. And you can't do that. In the Premier League, you are going to get caught at some point. Um, and that's pretty much what happened. I think, to be fair to Palace, one thing I'll say is they're missing Dukuri and Eze now. I think those are huge players for Palace. They don't have much of a squad at all. Um, so they do really, really struggle when they're missing their kind of their spine. And I think two of those players are their spine. So, yeah, that was a huge loss for them. So to get a point out of that, I think they'll be delighted with that, to be honest. It's two points dropped for West Ham, point gained for, uh, for Palace. Steady Eddie, still getting the odd goal here and there. But I agree with you on Kudas. We, we discussed it pre-season when they brought him in. Uh, me and Jamie watched a lot of him last year uh, and said we, we were just surprised he went to West Ham. With no disrespect, I felt like he could have fitted into pretty much any team. He's just dynamite, really good player. And I think the crazy thing was they had him sitting on the bench for about four weeks when they were struggling uh, and, and weren't using him. Uh, but uh, if he keeps going the way he's going, mate, he's going to plant himself definitely. Very, very talented player. Yeah, I think I think I said at the weekend, and Paquette is another one that's, that's done really well. Um, mm-hmm. he's, there and he's got better and better sort of past January. This time last year, he did start. But watching it Sunday, I think I think Kudos is the one that the bigger boys uh, will keep will be watching. And I know he's only sort of been at West Ham not even six months, but really impressed with him. I think he's got it all. Yeah, well, it was Bayern that wanted Paqueta, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, yes. Obviously, that fell through in the final day. Um, but he signed a new contract. But you can guarantee there's a there's a clause in there. If Bayern come back in, he'll he'll be off. There's no way he would have signed otherwise. Um, it's only been a season. I don't know if Kuzas moves that quick, but no. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, somebody mad enough to try in the Premier League. There are a, a few teams that are a bit like nutty professors, and one of my my own being one of them, sorry, <laughs> that might be mad enough to try it. Yeah, but no, I think you need to, you know, you need to prove yourself in the league a wee bit. Um, but there's a long way to go, and I think if he keeps going the way he's going, then you're probably right. Yeah, yeah, that was that was uh, sort of my thoughts from watching that. That game of the weekend, but that's that's all. Uh, Ten games, Johnny. Sort of, uh, we've, we've gone through there. Obviously, we, there are game plan at the moment, which there'll be a, a double header to talk about next week. But just quickly, uh, Johnny, what's the game of the week? I'll put you on the spot here. Uh, game of the week um, this week. Looking at it, midweek or next weekend? Very midweek. What is the game of the week? That's a good question. But I was oh, I was saying this to you pre-pod. There's, it's one of those weeks where the games are really, really difficult. I mean, there's a few that you would call straight away, you know, like your Arsenal should be winning tonight. Um, Liverpool should be winning away at Sheffield. But there's a few that I think are going to probably be decent games. Villa City, that could be a good game. There could be plenty of goals in that. Yeah. The way both are, uh, talking this time. Man United Chelsea as well. I think there'll be goals in that too, because neither of them can defend for shit. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go out on a limb and say I'm going to go Man United Chelsea. I think that's going to be a good game. I do. Yeah, I think that's going to be a good game. That was one out of the uh, one out of two. I think the other one to to build up Villa City. That's that's tasty. That especially where City have dropped points again. Um, yeah, yeah. Just you never know what to expect for a game like that, you know, because like you say, City have been a wee bit off the boil, and then Villa go and lose at the weekend. Uh, so it's either going to be really close or City steamroll them. I think Man United Chelsea is going to be really close, but I think they're both going to score goals. Yeah, definitely fair, fair assessment. But um, as ever, Johnny, that's um, got barking as well. Uh, that, that's us. I thought I was calling something up. <laughs> <laughs> that's us uh, wrapped up uh, for tonight but all we've left to do is Johnny thanks for tonight and uh, look forward to it next week thank you mate always a pleasure to come on enjoy it again nice one and thank you listeners as I say we'll be back next week to talk through well yeah a lot of football um, but as always thanks for listening take care
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 